So welcome to another podcast from Cranfield Colour Like No Other. I'm sat at the table here enjoying a toast and coffee um, with eminent British artist Robert E. Wells. Now, what's the E for, Robert? Um, Edward. So Ed- nothing too special, but you know, my father was a military man and very strict in certain ways. <laughs> and his name was Edward. So I had to have a middle name. And that was it. And it also helps you on your web address, um, because I'm going to encourage listeners to go and find the nearest computer or tablet and to look up some of your amazing work, because we will be talking about that a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, people can find your work at through galleries such as the New English Art Club or Royal Society of British Artists, but they can also find it on your own website, which is dot. Com. I've got that correctly. <laughs> now, took, took some <laughs> you, you, you've made me very much a home. As I say, I've given a, 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 a little description here in your studio home, but I haven't said where it is. We're in Eastbourne, which is on the south coast of the United Kingdom. But from your accent, you're a long way from home. So where did you start off and how, how did you end up down here? Uh, well, I come from a town called Morley, which is near Leeds in Yorkshire. And I went to a local provincial art college, which was still very much uh, functioning in those days uh, and sadly most of them have now disappeared mm. and much against everybody's uh, judgment or uh, suggestions I decided I wanted to be an artist. Mm. I went to the local art school, first thing you get told is you never make a living out of it. But In fairness to them, it. they probably are right in 90% of I, the I think, time they say that. I, I, I think being offered the alternative as a plumber or an electrician, not that there's anything against that. Yeah. Uh, because I keep away from, from water and ladders and anything <laughs> that, that can kill other people, mm. innocent people. Mm. Um, but I certainly didn't want to be in a position where I wanted to do a trade. Mm. It wasn't really for me. So I stuck at it, I got a job, uh, which surprised everybody mm. with, with an architectural practice. And from then, it was a, a case of working for different architects over the years, mm. and that eventually led me to London mm. and because that's where all the big clients were, big jobs. So it's a very exciting time to get involved in that. And after a few years, I got married, mm. and we decided that having a young family and now becoming a full-time artist, mm. that it was okay to, to move out of the centre of London, because mm. I didn't need to be there all the time, but still commute in. So it's the best of both worlds, really. So Eastbourne being on the coast, um, it's purely... Uh, coincidence because many artists seek out uh, um, the seaside for inspiration and for perfect light but mm. for you it's purely the time of the A32 train up to London <laughs> was convenient for you. Well I think <laughs> I think so yeah. <laughs> so go- going back a moment though to those um, formative days as an art student uh, was it a good college? Do you look back at particular um, art teachers uh, and professors there and, and lecturers? Oh yeah it, 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 it was but I think in those days people there were well, it was the word accountability hadn't mm. hadn't crept in yep. at that point. Yeah. So some of the younger people, and there's two lecturers I'm still in, t- in touch with actually, mm. and they were both young guns at the time, and they were allowed to bring their own paintings in. And very often on a lunchtime, I'd sit with them, mm. watching them paint. One mm. of them was painting a giant egg, and I've never seen anybody mm. paint an egg before. Mm. Why I don't know, mm. and I didn't even want to ask, but. It was incredible how he could spend so much time lovingly putting every freckle mm. of, of um, 
nuances into this one mm. big painting. Mm. But you could see that at the mm. time. It, it, was, it was quite acceptable mm. for them to do it. There, there was one lecturer um, that I think he was fairly close to insanity, but a lovely <laughs> man, and they kept him in the basement in all the sort of, between all the water pipes and yeah. whatever. So disgusting way how they used to treat him. Yeah. But all the kids loved him because yeah. he knew a bit about everything. Yeah. You know, and he was fascinating. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was good from that per- perspective. So, but that inspired you. Um, but as you said, you didn't go straight into art. You went into architecture. And that's interesting because your work, which I trust by now people are already looking up um, online, has that architectural realism. I don't want to say brutality, but there's a frankness about it. So, for example, if you're painting a bridge over a canal, first of all, the weather may not be particularly beautiful um, and there may be graffiti or uh, the yellow lines on the road may be sort of uh, yes. uh, almost rubbed out. So, so uh, honesty does, um, is it something that you strive for then in your work? It, it wasn't fully intentional because uh, coming, well, going into an architectural practice, I originally started to do sketches for people, for concept drawings mm-hmm. and um, promotion, uh, for, for uh, having, having a look at how things might develop mm-hmm. in, in um in, in a contract so it, it was really a case of uh, drawing exactly what other people wanted which meant in my spare time with my sketchbooks I would then start to do what I wanted mm. but there were often a, a little bit of a, a connection between the two things mm. uh, from a commercial side and from my own interests mm. so it took a while to, to fully format how I wanted to do mm. things and I know you've previously mentioned to me that um, your honesty wasn't always appreciated by architectural clients. So, for example, you'd be no, doing a, a problem, yeah. <laughs> a, 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 perhaps a um, development of three new houses, and over them you'd do a, a sky of great foreboding. Mm, and, I, I, I think what, yeah, what, what, what happened, I mean, so much, some of these contracts are actually many, many millions of pounds. Yeah. Um, huge developments uh, in, down in Canary Wharf in London, places like that. Yeah. And uh, you, you would you, you really had to concentrate on doing Mr. and Mrs. lifestyle. Yep. They were the perfect people uh, doing perfect things mm. on their you know the little child on the shoulders and all this business. Yeah. And and everybody else, every ethnic, you know, diversity, yep. um, anything to do with uh, anything disabled, mm. everything had to be put in. It all yeah. had to be precise. Yeah. We had to have lovely trees mm. and, and beautiful skies and all the rest of it because these were selling. Yeah. to major developers yeah. and also major retailers were getting involved in these yeah. things it's a massive part of the chain yeah. before computer aided yeah. drawings this was the first time very often people had seen things yeah. in three dimensions yeah. other than the working models yeah. which were massively expensive so yeah if you start getting into that point where you're becoming a little bit of a less of a safe pair of hands <laughs> and the skies are getting darker and the people are looking more like something out of Batman or Blade Runner. So We're in trouble. <laughs> did you actually get into trouble for doing a new development with graffiti, for example? The, oh, quite oh, I, I used to get into trouble for all sorts. Yeah, it was getting really problematic yeah. that if if this beautiful um, building was being put up in, in Brixton or wherever yeah. and there was an interesting bit next to it, I'd start putting that in. But they, wanted they wouldn't that want that brushing out. Yeah, you know, it's not... So the the when you were then able to set up your own studio and produce your own work, 
Was it a, a frightening time for a, a while? Because your work is fantastic, but it is it's so wonderfully honest. And I want to talk a little later about some of the uh, story or what might be uh, the influences behind your pictures. But did, were you ever tempted on sort of day one of having your own studio to think, well, I could do something which my heart is in, or I could paint a fluffy cloud, a <laughs> boat in a harbour, or something which you know will sell. Um, no, I think it, with, with the case of, you know, if you were going to be an author, mm. then you start writing what you know about mm. uh, from, from day one, and then go whichever way it goes after that. Mm. And I think with the paintings, it was very much the same thing, that I, because I had now an architectural background, mm. Then, then buildings and uh, cityscapes became the the, the first starting yeah. point, and and that allowed me to put in whatever I yeah. felt was necessary to convey that the atmosphere of that area. So, yeah. for example, if you went to Camden Camden Lock, um, the bridge there is absolutely beautiful. The, the, the one with the old Camden sign yeah. on it, um, but it's it's a bit mental. There's graffiti everywhere. Yeah. It's it's overrun by goths nowadays. It's completely, you know, but it's a great atmosphere. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would have trouble airbrushing out yeah. anything, and and therefore, you know, it wouldn't be Camden, and yeah. and it wouldn't be yeah. as atmospheric. And that atmosphere for you is heavily dependent on, or really expresses weather. I love the way that you get, um, you can, with a hint, show us that it's been raining because the street is wet or uh, the clouds are, are mm. tumbling in. And uh, we ought to say for those listeners in the uh, States that um, we have <laughs> a diverse selection of weather, yeah. um, but it is often raining here. And so that's why you're so fantastically accurate. I, 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 I could have problems in California. The, the, well, I, the, the story we enjoy at the factory is a, a colleague who went to Cornwall on holiday and when we said, how was the weather for the week that you were away? And he said, it only rained twice, once from the Monday to the Thursday and then from the Friday to the <laughs> Sunday. So you, you capture that. And the media that you use, you're an oil painter. Mm -hmm. um, how did you end up with oils? Uh, as a child, uh, my mum and dad really didn't think much of going out and buying some fancy tubes of oil paint and all that business. Mm -hmm. So there was a cupboard nearby and that had all the old tins of paint from mm. from various projects in the house that mm. had been partially finished or whatever mm. and I'd just go and get all that out and mix up whatever I could mm. the whites were obviously a huge problem because that used to go off and in fact probably lead paint anyway and mm. then um, it was horrible stuff but you made the best of what you could mm. and then my mum would come home and say oh yeah it's really nice and mm. then put it behind the wardrobe for <laughs> safekeeping <laughs> you know so there's a wardrobe full of, or, or behind the wardrobe was full of paintings, never to be seen again. The, 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 um, that's very good. People are getting very good at saving oil paint because, strange enough, oils are having a real renaissance at the moment. Mm -hmm. And through these last uh, two years of, of difficulty for us all, um, we've seen a real spike in oils. Sure. And I think people are discovering the beauty, one of the characteristics with oils, because they're slow drying, mm. you can come back tomorrow and you can change your mind in a way yeah. that you can't with acrylics. And people are also finding 
um, using a metal pallet, for example, rather than the wooden pallet, covering mm. it in cling film, putting it in the fridge or putting it in the freezer, as oh, long as I people have, you I've live not with. not got that technical. Uh, <laughs> Also, people that you uh, uh, live with have to be kind. So if, if, if you have a family, they may not take to finding a, a pallet of a paint in the, the, uh, in the fridge. Uh, do you have a family? Are, are any of them involved in, in art at all? Uh, no. Um, we spent a lot of money trying with yeah. our two children, Luca and Chiara. Yeah. Um, they're both very talented musicians, mm-hmm. though. So whether that's come from their Italian mother, coming from Naples, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, there's a lot of classical guitar comes yeah. from there, which is, is being picked up by yeah. by the kids. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think they, they've been brought up with art. Yeah. If it was in there, it would have come out by now. Yeah. And your son, Luca, of course, is involved in Wells Fine Art. Mm-hmm. So he himself... Uh, wellsfineart.co.uk of course mm-hmm. um, he will be dealing with uh, artists and he'll be speaking mm-hmm. to them so I'm sure he gains from your uh, coaching an example even if he doesn't put uh, paint he, he to might, canvas he might yet. know the ones to avoid yeah, right, okay. <laughs> um, but, but uh, you know it, it, in terms of sort of uh, liaising with and, and working with artists and talking mm. with them here in the UK we're not that good at it are we in, in the States Artists are brilliant at clubbing together. They will meet at weekends. They have conferences and symposiums mm-hmm. and they will travel the state or travel the country to meet together, sure. to encourage one another, to learn from one another. Is it just my understanding or perhaps even a, a misunderstanding? But it strikes me that here in Europe, uh, or at least in, in Britain, we're, we're more lonely as artists. We sort of crack think, on with it on our I own. I think, uh, yeah, there is, there is a tendency to be slightly more insular. Um, th- there are lots of society meetings mm-hmm. and various other things, but it's, it's, not, it's not easy getting people together. And I think the personalities involved do tend to be slightly more insular in, in many respects. And also, I think there's a seriousness about it, whether that's the nature of the job that you do, mm. that, that sometimes people can take themselves rather seriously. Mm. And that can be quite a difficult mm. thing to then befriend somebody else unless they're very much in the same mindset uh, of, of intensity. Mm. Uh, myself, I'd rather talk about the football or something else that's far more important. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it, then you you seem to be quite flippant in in comparison, or they they dismiss you as as being uh, not serious about your work, which is not true. Yeah. But it's just I th- I think it is harder for people to 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 communicate, and for you to to communicate with and, and to keep in touch with other artists. I know you're a fellow or a member of um, the new English Art Club and the Royal Society of British Artists. Are they fraternities or is, is that, do you seldom meet? How, how does that work? Um, well, with the NEAC, there's the Critics Lunch, which is actually pretty good fun, mm. providing you sit with somebody that you yep. quite like. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying there's people I don't like. But, yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, they're they're okay. I, I think from from the internal point of view the the societies would like to probably be more uh, active mm. with the, the the artists but they yeah. very often come from all parts of the country and these yeah. societies you've got to remember as well are relatively small yes so some of them are not much more than 60 or 70 members yeah. okay. so when they're scattered here there and everywhere yeah. 
yeah. and then trying to find somebody with a similar mindset yeah. it's you, you can see why it fragments yeah, very, very indeed quickly. indeed so so we're a lonely lot we we crack <laughs> no, on with it we yeah. do but you're fortunate that it, despite uh, um, working in your own studio alone here you're producing work that you enjoy and it strikes me that you enjoy the fun of it not all of them mm. are fun subjects but it's you want to enjoy every painting so have you Absolutely. ever had a moment when you have painter's block when you think i don't want to do it today certainly not painter's block no i, I wouldn't entertain that mm. i think it, it, on, a, on a, a really serious note on that um i paint really because i enjoy painting mm. but i also collect information through sketchbooks okay. and, and have done for a number of years yeah. or for many years and those sketchbooks are a catalyst for uh, work that comes out in the studio mm. so very often I mean you mentioned the fluffy clouds mm. on an evening or sometimes on a, a, a late late evening uh, I will go into my uh, studio which becomes the official man cave yeah. and I will start painting yeah. very late with some music on and I'm not mentioning alcohol or anything like that yeah. but I will get I, I really enjoy the intensity then because I don't even know I'm doing it yeah. so once you're in the zone you don't know you're in the zone yeah. as soon as you know that you're in the zone you're back out yeah. yeah it's that it's that thing and that's one of the things that I love about art that you yeah. don't if, if you can be in a position where you don't know what you're going to be doing next yeah. it, it, for some people they need to be organized and, yeah. and work everything out to the last detail yeah. just turn up yeah. and wing it and then see where we go because that does set you apart Robert that your work from an architectural background and training has the capacity to be incredibly accurate but also very evocative it's not the American photorealism which has uh, as the name well, suggests I tried, I tried a bit of that but uh, how did you get on with it sort of? very, very good um, yeah. some, some paintings of Amsterdam actually yeah. uh, and one of them's in a uh, quite a big collection and they asked me if I'd go back and find out exactly where I painted it. Yeah. And Amsterdam's not that big. Yeah. But it is when you're trying to find okay. <laughs> where I'd been standing 25 years ago. Oh, right. <laughs> so I had to give up and admit defeat. Oh, um, but but they were fairly realistic yeah. paintings. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, they were quite photographic. Yeah. But the, the uh, um, if it's okay, I'd like to sort of drill down and, and talk about mm -hmm. one particular painting. Um, just because it is for me very evocative um, before I tell you what it is mm -hmm. I'd, I'd like to ask do you feel that your work is nostalgic or looks back to childhood or um, when you look at something do you look at it purely here it is today in this light or do you uh, draw on some of the, the history of I, the situation? I think everybody's got to draw on, on personal experience yeah I, I mean I, I I have seen some some fairly awful things as a child, mm. and I don't want to sort of go into all, all that at the minute. It, it, if you're lucky enough that you can process things without making it sound uh, too light-hearted or anything like that, mm. it, it's, it's, there can be very serious issues. Mm. But if if you can process things in a positive way, you're actually quite fortunate mm. uh, because I know that some of it is extremely toxic and mm. causes years of of, of anxiety for many people mm. mine I was I was lucky enough I could just put it in the background I could leave it I can just bring it out or it comes out on its own as, as a sort of undercurrent mm. if you like or an, yeah, an undercurrent of something else mm. being in there mm. it doesn't affect the way you you think it doesn't affect the way you live mm. it doesn't affect 
your family or anything else if you can if you can keep it compartmentalized yeah. like that yeah. i'm sure it's not advised to do so yeah. but in my case yeah. it, it it comes out it, i think it, it will explain why there's sort of dual narratives in some of the work and that that sort of thing because i'll leave that for other people to interpret that's interesting so can i ask you about that then because the picture that I have in mind is mm. quite a dark picture I don't mean as in oppressive oh, oh dear <laughs> but no no but but in terms of you know there's an awful lot of black and because mm. it's a night picture it's right. called the departed mm -hmm. and uh, you, it can be found online or I can describe it it shows a pub with rather harsh lighting probably fluorescent strip lighting the curtains are drawn back so it's shedding light onto a wet street there's a tower block off to the right-hand side. There are, observant. <laughs> two, there are two people making their way. I don't know whether one's sort of staggering out of the pub. Mm -hmm. One seems to be following the yellow lines. Now, when you produce something like that, are you reluctant to give a, a story? Because in a sense, it's, yeah. wherever it hangs, it's going to be their story. But, oh, absolutely. But, yeah. but where, where was that uh, scene? Um, what prompted it? And um, what were you trying to evoke? Well, the... the the pub in question is one in Leeds, and it was part of a huge uh, area of back-to-back -back housing, mm. which was effectively became slums over mm. the years. And everything got moved off and destroyed, and hotels were put in the mm. place down that particular area. And that one pub just seems to defiantly stand there mm. by itself. How they missed that one, mm. I don't know, because it is an ugly-looking thing. And your, your description of it is fairly, fairly good. Um, it, I, I actually have gone into that pub and been mugged off. They wouldn't actually serve me, so which I've, I'm, I'm still aggrieved by that because I don't, you know. They, they probably they, thought you were very wealthy coming from yeah, they just yeah, no, whatever it was. But I come from Morley, so that's, that doesn't wash. Yeah. But anyway, um, the, the kids were playing about outside while whilst I was setting up a painting, and I thought, well. That's actually the hook line, is, is the children. Yeah. And Luca, who was already very tall, although he was only about 14 years old, yeah. um, was walking about in his hoodie and it was casting this huge shadow yeah. stretching out towards me. And behind that there was Chiara, uh, my uh, daughter, who was about eight years old at the time. And I thought, well, this represents such a terrible place where you'd actually get dumped by yeah. your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever and it just looked so wretched mm. and he looked like he was forlorn and mm. wandering off into the night having just received some terrible yeah. heart heartbreaking news mm. and it just made me laugh I thought this 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 would be the perfect place yeah. if if you really really want a relationship to come yeah. to an end yeah. and you want to remember it for all the wrong reasons yeah. and 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 the angst filled evenings lying alone in your room thinking about it it couldn't this get is worse <laughs> yeah or it couldn't get better whichever way you the, 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 in a sense i'm really grateful to hear that uh, explanation and i'm also grateful that your descriptions are sufficiently fluid that they can mean something to somebody else because i'll tell you what i assumed mm -hmm. all right okay. i when i read it i assumed that there was probably a wake going on inside the rather cold this makes it sound far more interesting. <laughs> uh, uh, and the great thing is you know it, we're both right mm -hmm. in a way because oh, yeah, you yeah. saw what you saw and and when i see it you know I, yeah. I i could for a moment imagine that you know the the funeral was earlier that day <laughs> and you know they're all in the pub now and um, when you've produced work obviously you invest so much of yourself 
in it then, then it uh, goes off do you ever keep in touch with painters or paintings rather when they've gone to customers do you know where oh, they yeah, end up hanging yeah. and uh, yes yeah very often and people are proud to 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 share their knowledge of it i mean first of all i would like to say that i try not to 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 impose a narrative on mm. things that that painting that you mentioned called the departed was a reference to you departing the scene of um, r- r- rather than the rather more interesting <laughs> view that you've got. Um, I would like people to make their own judgment because as far as I'm concerned, once a painting or a piece of music or any artwork or creative thing goes into the public domain, yeah. then it's, it's, it's owned by somebody else. Yeah. It stops being your property, yeah. full, you know, fully your property. Yeah. So if it's, if it's somebody else's, or it's open to somebody else's interpretation, yeah. whether they've bought it or just looked at it. Yeah. And I, I don't want to stop that, because yeah. I know that I, I particularly listen to music that, I mean, there's one band, for example, that um, is, is is very charged with political yeah. um, statements. Yeah. Now, I love that particular music, but I refuse to think of it in terms of what it was probably meant, meant okay. for. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I've never spoken to those musicians. They'd probably be absolutely appalled if they thought that my, you know, it was taking me to a, a place where I'm yeah. really yeah. sort of relaxed and calm and happy yeah. rather than their need to impose something yeah. that needs to be said yeah. for, for their own yeah. political agenda. So, I, you know, from the painting perspective, I don't want to have any impression at all on, on other people. Yeah. In fact, I've all, there is an example in the book that I've brought out. When somebody bought one, one painting with a strong, what she thought was a strong narrative, yeah. and I asked her what she thought of uh, it meant, and she came up with a far more plausible answer than mine. So yeah. we put that as the caption in the book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm do it that way. There was a Charlie Brown series of cartoons some years ago when you remember Charlie Brown, mm, the yeah, character, yeah, and he's lying on the grass with one of his friends looking up at the clouds passing. Mm-hmm. And he says to his friend, I think it was Linus, what do you see? And Linus says, I see the stoning of St. Stephen and I see the coats <laughs> at the feet of St. Paul. What do you see, Charlie Brown? And he said, I was going to say I thought I saw a doggy, but I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I think sort of, it's right, whatever, whatever we choose. I, 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 I whatever we choose to say. You mentioned a book um, that you produced. What was the book? Oh, God, I did well there, didn't I? Uh, bring in that well, one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should do this for a living. No, no. Um, it, 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 I forgot what it's called now. Uh, Robert E. Wells in Perspective. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was good mm. to, to produce that, although mm. it did show up the fact that yeah, most of the paintings that I've ever done, I forgot to photograph them, oh, or right, photograph okay. them badly, or everything yeah. else. So yeah. the producers of it were sort of quite cross with me all the time because yeah. I'd be trying to pull something out of an archive yeah. that looked like I put my thumb across the lens, <laughs> or I tripped up with those photographing yeah. it. You know. Well, at least is you know at least now we've moved on from the day of film. At least you know that it's film in the camera, or you don't need film in well, the camera. Well, yeah, it? at least I know that it's it, well apart from the memory card, of course. Yeah, there's always something to easily. test people yeah. of our age. But, uh, yeah. um, thank you ever so much for having me. I've enjoyed a, a coffee and toast Not at your problem. table. In a moment, we're going to be looking around your studio, mm-hmm. and I'm really going to encourage people again just to give those um, website addresses to see your work. Right either by looking at New English Art Club, the Royal Society of British Artists, or indeed to look at your own um, website, Mm. robertewells.com, to see your your work. Now, 
you everything you put your hand to in terms of painting comes up not literally as gold but it is all such beautiful appealing compelling work but is there something that you want to do you want to try your hand at sculpture sculpture you want to learn to play the uh, double bass or the uh, um, uh, i don't know and uh, bagpipes or something uh, <laughs> or not, are, not are you content bagpipes. with what you're doing um well I do play golf at a reasonable level mm. still, considering you know my knees and my feet and everything mm. else with this arthritis mm. here, there, and everywhere. Mm. But uh, no, I want for nothing, absolutely mm. nothing, because it's yeah. so nice. I'm so privileged to do what I do mm. for for a living. So and that's it. when you you mentioned that uh, earlier, you were saying that it's good not to overanalyze what you do, just to, mm, to, to do it. Does that apply to golf as well? Because I'm not a golfer. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the rare occasions I have tried, the more mm. advice. People give me the less oh, I can it. hit the ball. You've so, uh, yeah. I think the, the the there was one piece of advice that somebody well, what a comment that a golfer made, which is so true to to painting as well. Uh, he was asked uh, what special preparations he was going to make for this competition that involved playing against uh, Europe, mm. and he said, "The only thing that I'm going to do is play my best swing." Mm. And I thought, well, that is a perfect answer yeah. because if you do what you're good at yeah. and you and you don't think about it and don't analyse it, if your swing's there yeah. or if your painting is, is, is how you normally paint and how you want to paint, yeah. then don't think about it, just yeah. do it and yeah. do it for fun yeah. and just keep free and relaxed and yeah. happy yeah. and, you know, yeah. good things will come. That's a lovely way to bring our conversation to an end because it reflects on your career, which evidently still gives you pleasure and you oh, still yeah, yeah, enjoy yeah. and one of the great privileges in, in my role working for a company that make mm -hmm. paint is I meet a lot of artists but sadly from time to time we meet people who look back with regret over a lifetime producing something that their heart was not in Shocking. but they knew yeah. that would sell yeah and often they'd been bullied into doing it uh, by a gallery owner, you know, 40 yeah. years ago. Yeah. And the particular well, generic that, that product. happened to me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, in, in terms of, uh, there was no advice or, or not much advice for a, for a young, art, well, I wasn't that young, yeah. as an artist starting off. Yeah. And uh, because I could sort of paint buildings yeah. and bits of London that nobody else had even looked at then, yeah. it was fairly... Uh, much on my own. Yeah. A lot of people now paint around London. Yeah. I, I I cornered that market quite yeah. nicely, yeah. and because the, the paintings are often tonal, uh, quite quite similar tonal ranges, um, the the highlights were often brought in using, say, red buses or yeah. somebody walking past in a brightly coloured coat or something, yeah. which would lift the palette, yeah. and that became almost a, a stock in trade. Yeah. The Problem was that the, the more unscrupulous uh, owners were then suggesting that you do that all the time, and that you were turning out things which can be very, very destructive and, yeah. and hard to get away from. Yeah. And and even one you know gallery owner very kindly told me uh, not to paint figurative work because I wasn't very good at it, yeah. which was quite offensive. And I'd take issue with that. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I fortunately he he wasn't. Um, what could we say? Uh, he, he, he wasn't trapped by talent, yeah. put it that way. <laughs> so, you know, so I had to let it go. But yeah. Um, yeah. once the recession came, 
in in 2007, what I did realise is that I I was getting trapped yeah. and that it was a problem. Yeah. And with the slowdown of the art market at the time, I could then reflect and think, well, I'm becoming a, a, an artist in the same way as I was an il illustrator. I was doing the same thing all the time, yeah. doing it to command yeah. almost and, and yeah. losing the the spontaneity, spontaneity and, free, yeah. and the freedom to it. Yeah. So having rebooted the mindset and get into something that starts taking you in other places and, and having that confidence in life to say, this is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get into a conversation about it. It's just, you know, take it or leave it. And and as soon as that, that came in, everything clicked into place then, and it just went off on its own. So I just leave it. I, I don't think about it. I don't touch it. I just let it come out and do whatever it wants to do yeah. and on yeah. a bad day it's terrible yeah. and on a good day it's okay how many bad days do you have then on a percentage basis oh, I, I, do, I, I can put do a good you? shift in yeah. put it that way. <laughs> but, but, but you see even that if you take it as a positive because yeah. if you then repaint over the panels yeah. this uh, pen, pentimento which is a yeah. literal translation is paint mind yeah. but it's it's to change your mind basically yeah. is what it, yeah. what it boils down to and that yeah. technique has been around yeah. for hundreds and hundreds of years and I'm not so letting you off, I'm not going to let you off the hook yet because it's the conversation too interesting you mentioned panels then so you're not mm. canvas or re rarely canvas yeah, so it used to be but um, yeah. my, my picture framer is a bit of a crafty monkey mm -hmm. and um, what what he does is is uh, he, he entices me mm -hmm. by going down to B&Q which mm -hmm. is a sort of local hardware store and buying a lot of panels of yeah. um of, of, of cheap MDF, yep. cutting them to certain sizes and say, well, yeah, you could do with a frame for this, mate. You yeah. know, it, it'll, it'll wait until I paint it and then it's like, oh, I didn't do a frame, did I? Yeah. You know, so he's constantly oh, right, recycling just, me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you take the board and how do you prepare it? Because from, from a paint maker's view, we're always slightly nervous of board because oh, if yeah. the pulp is acidic, because mm -hmm. often neutralising things cost money, mm -hmm. so um, chipboards and MDFs aren't always neutralised. How do you? What do you do to stop paint penetrating and indeed for that sort well, of acid I, I, uh, pulp to slow drying? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm asked that quite a lot, and the simple answer is go and go down to the same shop yep. while you're buying your boards yep. and get some PVA glue oh, yeah. and just smear that on. Well, smear it on quite thinly. And it is a wood glue, and it will uh, seal everything. You yeah. won't get anything past that. Yeah. See, pe people um, very often buy birch panels mm. that have been, well, they say gesso, but it's usually a synthetic yeah. product nowadays. It's not made out of animal skin, a lot, yeah. a lot of it. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's just acrylic yeah. surface, yeah. which is no different from the PVA glue, yeah. really. Yeah. And if, if you worry too much about, the surfaces that you're preparing and the and the and the careful um, addressing of the palette and everything else. Yeah. I think you forget to paint sometimes. It's interesting. We attend um, an event in the states each year called Southern Graphics, right. and it's a conference primarily actually for printmakers more than painters. Right, yeah. But some of them are so fascinated in the technique yeah. 
that they're always planning the great job but yes. they never actually do it and I'll see them year after year yeah, and I haven't finished started. building the Albion <laughs> Press or whatever it is but uh, it, it's exactly you're yeah. exactly right I mean yeah. I, I see some things sometimes on various social media that they, they're, they're preparing this and preparing that you say, for goodness sake just start just get on you and know, do just, it, just do yeah. it yeah. Yeah. well I think it is a real issue and, and, and when people ask me about it you know I am quite sincere yeah. to to try to get them to to have a freedom and not yeah. be precious about yeah. the materials. I mean, yeah. yes, it would be great to to use the finest pigments yeah. and and finest boards and all the rest yeah. of it, but not if it's going to start nibbling away at you and yeah. scare the life out of yeah. you. Indeed. Because it's it's yeah. it's it goes against everything yeah. that that you know personal expression should be. And as you say, you've just got to start. But uh, yeah. I feel I should ask you, that that was so brilliantly answered, that last question, along with the others, that I should ask you two more, such as what is the capital of Paraguay and who won the FA Cup in 1973? But I wouldn't know either of those to find out if you're right or wrong. Good. So, <laughs> Well, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again, Robert. Really looking forward to looking around the studio with you now right. and uh, listeners thank you for joining us so do go and look at those websites that's the new english art club the royal society of british artists and indeed your own website robert robert thank you again thank you michael